Welcome to Our Family Stories, the only podcast that shares stories about my awesome family, the Clausens, Hawkins, Victors, and a few visitors here and there. I love you guys, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Our Family Stories. Hey everybody, we are back finally. (laughs) Things have been hectic and crazy. It's been hard for me to get on here and to get these done, but I have a new commitment and lots of ideas for different recordings that I would like to do. So expect to see more this year than we saw last year. I did this particular recording with mom and dad. And the idea is we want to cover basically like their decades. So this is kind of like their 70s, you know, it starts in 69 with them, but 69 through the 70s. And then the next episode that we will do will be the 80s. But it was really fun to sit and chat with them about this and and um, hope everybody enjoys enjoys this enjoys hearing about their stories and uh look for another episode soon thanks guys love you talk to you soon bye sound better hang on yeah i don't hear myself either that's good dad are you echoing dad are you echoing i don't think so am i it doesn't sound very good why don't we do this dad go ahead josh yeah wonder if it's my hearing aid (laughs) <laughs> that could that could be it. Yeah. But you're gonna yeah, need talk to each other. You're gonna need those, right? Yeah. So dad, go ahead and hang up and let's put you and mom on speaker and let's see how that works. All right. Okay. Boy, it's noisy. Could be. Do you want me to put mine on speaker? Try it and we'll see how that sounds. Okay, just a minute. Okay, I'm on speaker now. So I'm just making sure that my voice doesn't sound through while we're talking, but I don't I don't hear it, so we should be good. Okay. So when you guys talk, can you, just can you guys hear me all right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, real well. Can you hear us? I can. Dad's kind of quiet. Dad, are you far away from mom? 
I'm a little further away. Okay. Got a little closer. So you guys need to sit like right next to each other and then just hold the phone close to your to, to your guys' mouths if that works or hold it close to your both of your faces. Okay, how's this? Okay, can you hear us now? Go can ahead. Hear me? Yeah, I can I can hear you better. And then I can turn you up in the audio, so that's fine too. We're so. about six inches away. <laughs> your usual position. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Um so let's just get started. We we're gonna talk about um your guys um uh, in honor of your fiftieth anniversary. We just wanted to do some some highlights and memorable things and mm -hmm. I believe you guys have notes and things you want to talk about, right? We do. Okay. So let's go ahead and kick it off. Let's talk about your guys' first 10 years of marriage or together or whatever you guys thought you guys wanted to talk about during for this. Okay. Um, let's see. Do you want to start? To start off, we got married the last, last um, year of the decade before. And there are some interesting things that happened in that decade. The... Uh, the, the, uh, the United States landed on the moon in uh, July of that year. In 1969. 1969. And Mom and I remember that very vividly. The whole world stopped at that time, and everybody watched the moonshot and the landing on the moon. It was fascinating. Um, there weren't any cars on the streets. They were all watching television at that time. <laughs> So it was pretty amazing. Um, we got married in in August of that year, and uh, then we. What else? Uh, anything else there? There's one more thing I was thinking of. Um, during the during the moon landing, were you guys together watching that together? Or were you in separate places? We weren't married yet. So dad was in California and I was in Washington. Oh, okay. So we were watching it on the television and I think we called each other because it was such a memorable, exciting time. You know, we were really excited about it. So I was on a scouting trip and so we, we just found a house. Somebody had an aunt and uncle that lived nearby and so we took off and sat in the in the living room and watched that on their television for a couple hours. And I remember calling mom and talking to her. And it was, it was a special time. So let's move on. And after our honeymoon, we packed up our little Volkswagen and a little U-Haul trailer and we came back up to Provo so uh, we could get settled. And we happened to, we were able to get a professor's house who was on sabbatical. And we lived there uh, until after, I was, was he gone for a semester? He was gone for uh, a year, I think. Nine months, yeah. probably, nine months. And uh, I think we, we mentioned this, but we'd only been back, only been married about a month, and Dad was called into a bishopric on campus. So... Uh, that kind of defined our life for the next four years. We lived at different places, uh, lived at that professor's home. Then we went to 
Um, a basement apartment basement on apartment. Columbia Lane. Yeah, we loved being there. And then we moved to Marshall Arms and we managed an apartment building for two years. But he was in the one district for two years. And while we lived there, Jeff was born. And then, and then we had an opportunity to manage some boys' apartments just north of the BYU football stadium. And because it was in a different ward, but in the same state, he was put in that bishopric. And while we lived there, Jenny was born. So he was actually in a bishopric, in two different bishoprics, for four years. And then we, so Jenny was born in 19, Jeff was born in 1970. Jenny was born in 1971. And so, uh, I just want to comment going into the seventies was a spent. We, we spent most of our time working, going, working, uh, working, uh, or serving in the church and raising children. And, but the seventies had some special moments to it. Um, we had, uh, some, fun television programs that were special at that time. Uh, the Brady Bunch was really popular. Donnie and Marie, The Love Boat, Fantasy Island. And we spent, we spent uh, evenings watching some of those programs. And Sesame Street was coming out then. And Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, that was popular. And Jeff and Jenny liked to watch that. I can remember on Friday nights, we tried to have date nights. And so we'd get a babysitter and uh, we'd get, the, get your children settled down and uh, you would get in front of television and watch the Donnie and Marie show. And we'd go on a date <laughs> for a couple hours and then come back. What did you guys normally do for dates? Mm. We like to go to a movie, or we'd like to go get something to eat. What else did we do? Um, or we go with we double date quite a bit with some friends. We had Marilyn and Bill down the street there for a while, and we spent we did a lot of things with them. We uh, when I think when we found out we were going to have Julie, we decided it was time to get a bigger apartment, and so we moved in. We moved to Orem into a place called the Stark Rest Apartments. And, uh, and so then we weren't in a student ward anymore. We were in a family ward. And it was really fun for Jeff and Jenny because they had little friends to play with. And uh, and Julie was born while we lived there. And it was called the 20th Ward. And we really loved that ward because they were really a great ward. They talked a lot about food storage. And we learned a lot about that when we lived there there were a mixture of young people in that ward but a number of seniors in that ward we just absorbed a lot of things from them we listened and watched them saw how they lived and it was really um, a blessing for us to be with them they're really good people and so when we lived there we were able to there was a house came to rent while we lived there, and so we, and that was the house we lived in before we moved into this house. 
And so while we lived there, uh, Jason was born in 1976. And Jeremy was also born while we lived there, but we had great neighbors. And that's where we lived when Jeff started that fire and got in trouble with the fire department. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that. Just a quick, we'll probably do more in depth on some of these stories, but what's a quick blurb on that? I don't remember anything from it really. Well, he was, uh, some of the older boys in the neighborhood were bugging him and they were, they kind of provoked it and told him to start a, or to light a match and start a fire. And so it did. And the fire department <laughs> got on it and they came to the house and told me about it and they talked to him. And I don't think he ever did that again. Do you, honey? I don't, uh, I don't think so. I don't, uh, I was at work. I don't, I didn't, I wasn't far firsthand with that, but uh, we just laughed about it afterwards. It, it was kind of a serious thing. But. It was serious, and I think it scared him, but we had a little boy down the street from us. His father taught religion at BYU, but his name was Moroni, but he was a real <laughs> pill. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but we had some really we had some really good neighbors and good members of the church there. And, but we had a fun thing in our backyard. We had, we had an apricot tree and we had a walnut tree that we've harvested every year, but we also had backyard irrigation. So once a week we would irrigate our backyard. Tell them about how we did that. Well, it was a community irrigation. And so you had each, each house had a time slot and years before, when we lived at Marshall Arms, we lived at a rental house, and uh, we had the opportunity of having uh, water shares there at that house, and so we could irrigate our backyard. But during the summer, it was pretty hot, and I didn't know any better. I, I learned I learned from that that you're supposed to take the water at a certain minute. And then cut it off at a certain minute. I think we only had like seven minutes. Yeah, yeah. But when the kids were in the backyard, we just, we'd turn on. I had no idea. I just turned on, leave it on for a half hour, flood the backyard. <laughs> we had our own swimming pool in the backyard. And we just had a great time. Nobody really called me on it, but I, I've repented since. I, I don't do that. <laughs> so... But uh, we would irrigate in in the, the, that house there in the 20th Ward, and I you'd have to get up like four o'clock in the morning and take your turn and go back. It was, it was pretty educational. Watch these these uh, veteran people take care of their yards and water and irrigate. It was it was a good education for us. Why don't you tell them about the preparedness that you... Oh, well, while we lived there, we really got indoctrinated on using wheat. We bought a wheat grinder and we bought a mixer. And I pretty much, we pretty much just ate whole wheat bread because that's what we were taught was the best for us. And and I made I made bread at least once a week, and we mm. ate wheat cereal. And... Mom really got into it, and the release society was really into it. And she'd make wheat bread, which was really good. 
But she got carried away. I came home one day and <laughs> she had a sandwich for me that it was uh, it was wheat bread and then instead, instead of meat, she had a substitute for meat. She had she had sprouts in it and uh, I, I, <laughs> a little much. <laughs> yeah, I still remember that. That's really the last. Last sandwich we had that way, but <laughs> she really tried hard. She put her heart and soul into it. It was good. Well, we really learned a lot about food storage, and, and it was self, a good experience. Self-reliance, taking care of ourselves and trying to be on our own. And while we lived there, we celebrated the uh, bicentennial of America, and Grandma Rosie made Jeff and Jenny those little costumes. Do you remember them? George Washington and Betsy Ross? Are you asking me? I yeah. I remember seeing pictures of them. Yeah, yeah. they were they were really cute. Yeah, I taught Jeff how to sing "God Bless America," and he was going everywhere singing that song. He was really cute. He had a <laughs> cute little boy. Yeah. yeah. How old was he when yeah. he was doing that? Yeah, you probably were. No, anyway, how, how how old was Jeff when he was out singing "God Bless America" in his costume? About seven. <laughs> That's funny. We should have him reenact that. (laughs) (laughs) And that was where we had the bats. That was where we lived when we had the bats and had to have an exterminator come and get rid of all the bats. I wasn't really aware of the bats until people started coming over to our house at night. And they'd sit in in the neighbor's front yard across the street. And, uh, They'd watch these bats come out of our house, and one night we we watched them. We counted. There's like there's like seventy seventy eight bats that came out and flew oh around. Oh my goodness! <laughs> well, it was awful. It was it wasn't good. One one Sunday, I was preparing a priesthood lesson. I was in the kitchen, and uh, I it was like six o'clock in the morning. And all of a sudden, this bat flies down the hallway and lands in the kitchen right in front of me. And so I chased him, and he flew away into the bathroom. And I was so upset. I woke Mom up. It was early. And I woke her up. I put a trench coat on and and uh, put a hat on. I just bundled myself up and went after this bat. And... Uh, he was pretty helpless, but I caught him and got rid of him. <laughs> that was not a good thing. But our landlady, I think, do you remember how many bats we counted? Yeah, there's like, there's 70 or 80 bats. Yeah. But our landlady got right on it and we got rid of them. And, but it was horrible. <laughs> but we were, about that time, we knew what we needed to find a house. And you were born there, and and uh, Jeremy, Jeremy was born there. Jason, no, you weren't born there. You were born here. I'm sorry. Jeremy and Jason were both born there. Jeremy was a brand-new baby when yeah. he came to this place. Yeah, but uh, we really loved the neighborhood and the people, and the kids went to Westmore School, and uh, it, was, it was real close to the mall. We could... We could walk over to the mall and that was kind of fun and 
and then Bill and Marilyn lived there across the street from us for a couple of years. So it was fun to be with our cousins and it was a good, it was a good time. It was a really good time. Dad was busy with his drywall and I think I taught piano lessons there also. One story that's really vivid in our minds was we went on a trip up to um, Canada to be with Rob and Gail for their wedding. Where was it? In Cardston, mm-hmm. Cardston Temple in Canada. And we were on our way having a good time. We, we had the kids with us, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Had the children. We had, what was it? It was the uh, Corona Volkswagen. I don't remember I don't, which one. It's one of our books, or one of our little station wagons. Anyway, the, there was a funny sound to the motor in Kalispell, Montana. And the farther we went, the the less power we had. And we finally pulled into Kalispell and, and the um, um, transmission? transmission went out on us. And so we had to turn the car in there and found found a, um, a mechanic and we left the car there. We got in the car or got we got a, a rental rental I think, car. Yeah. And then we went to the wedding. After the wedding, mom took a bus, I guess. No, oh you, you went with you went with the Grammy and Papa to their house in Washington and I went back to get the car. And so I drove the car back over to Grammy Grammy Papa's and after a couple of days there we got in the car and headed home. And it was like twelve hours no it was now it was like uh, three or four hours on the road and the the engine blew up. The engine blew up on us. Oh I get us. And we we were pulling into um Pasco, Washington. Yeah. Pas where is it? Pasco, Washington. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what to do. Is and, and mom says, Well, I've got a cousin who lives here so we called them on the phone and they they went and came and got us and took us in and they ended up pulling the car back to Utah and we drove over in their car and we arrived back, we sold wow. the car. But I remember talking to my bishop and I telling him this sad story and he uh, said, Well, do you have a bike? And I said, Yeah and so I ended up riding the bike for six months until we get some money to buy another car. But you rode it like just, to to work, like to do drywall or Oh yeah, I'd drive to work and I I was working for somebody, so I just show up at on the job and <laughs> right. drive, drive home. And we had a, a counselor in the bishopric that had an extra car and he let us use it on the weekend to go to church and like that. But we we really it was a test, but we passed. <laughs> <laughs> It was a learning experience for us, but from then on, we were blessed, and, and in 19, what, 1978, we found this house in Green Acres. This used to be called Green Acres, where we lived, Josh. Do you remember that? You probably don't. So your current neighborhood used to be called Green Acres? Uh-huh. I, know, I never, I either don't remember that or never knew that. 
it, it was better known as Lizard Land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I knew that. <laughs> we bought the house in 1978. It was called Green Acres, and uh, and then we found out that the that the kids were going to be going to Aspen Elementary, and uh, it worked out really well. And uh, let's see. In 1979, the front yard was in because we bought the house from somebody else. They lived here for a few months, and but the backyard wasn't in. But we had fun planting the backyard and and uh, putting the we put a chain link fence in first. Do you remember that? I I have I have memories of that. Yeah, because we had um, Egberts were back there and Sorensons and and. Uh, and we all put up a chain link fence and and then you were born and then James was born and and then we get into the eighties. Can you think of anything else? Um you know, there are a lot of things going on in the world and and uh we have five children and trying to work and serve in in the church and mom she was sewing clothes and making bread and it you focus on what you do you know uh there are things like uh richard nixon he was he was dealing with watergate and and there's the um, vietnam war that was going on during the mm -hmm. 70s there were people that were protesting our high school my kids that i went to high school high school with they ended up leading protests in the 70s there at Berkeley and uh, uh, different different colleges but um, another thing at that time is the, uh, the the energy the the gasoline went out of sight and gas was really high the uh, and the interest rates when when we were buying houses were up to like 10 and 12 percent we paid nine and a quarter percent interest wow wow that's amazing and we yeah. paid forty-seven thousand for the house but we had nine and a quarter percent interest yeah. And, yeah. and you know josh we were so busy raising our family that we but we we did say jaws came out during that time jaws and godfather the exodus Actually, Star Wars came out that time, and that was uh, a special, special movie. But Dad was on the High Council during that time, and they built the Sun. He helped build the Suncrest Stake and the Park Stake. He yeah. was over that. That was part of his. Yeah, my calling. responsibility was help help uh, member member labor to help build. Uh, the different parts of the building. So that's, I, I learned a lot in that. And uh, so we, we're just busy trying to take care of ourselves. That's cool. Well, let's talk about. We had a. Oh, go ahead. Oh, and we, we were really. We had a great neighborhood. There were lots of children in our neighborhood, and you guys had a lot of kids to play with. And well, you remember that. You had worse and. Smith and it was a fun neighborhood then, you know. We all grew up together, and and it was uh, a good experience for everybody. Absolutely. 
I have some questions for you. So, um, okay. oh, so well, I'm sort of interested in like our house because our house is, you know, is the only house that I knew and you guys have been there for so long. Mm -hmm. You guys will continue to be there. Um, what was, tell me what it was like, like what was the process in buying it? Like, did you look at other ones? Kind of what happened with that and how did you decide on that? Well, I have some notes that uh, we uh, we lived in, before we bought this house, we lived in five different houses. We lived, uh, and so this, you know, we, we'd lived different places and moved quite a bit, but from 1978 on, this is the only house that you guys ever knew. Right. Well, I think how much rent were we paying over there? About 145. Yeah, probably so. And so we came over here, and we were paying like 435 dollars. Wow! Wow, it was a jump for you guys. Big, yeah, it was a big chunk. And we bought the house for 47,000. 47,000. 47,000 yeah. dollars. And, and that was a lot for us. I, um, I. I think like it's kind of it was it was mom's call one day I don't I don't remember but she uh, so we need to start looking how did you get a lead on this just start driving around I think we were driving around we've been looking but I don't I don't remember that was a long time ago. but I do remember mom mom leading out on it and saying let's let's go look for a house and we we uh, this was a new development so I think we. It's just off the high, off off center street, so I think it was pretty obvious that there was building going on, and we pulled around and we actually stopped and when it when it came in this house, didn't we? Yeah. And uh, by the time we left, we thought well, we need to look in more into this, but Mom's the one that made it happen. She she kept promoting it there was a couple it was a couple that were the realtors and we looked over there by Lyman's and like there too you know they were being built at the same time these houses and and they helped us qualify and and uh, I I qualified uh, with my own business I was I think I made nineteen thousand dollars that year and that qualified us for the house, and I was pretty pretty happy that we pulled it off. We just we didn't know much about it, but we we made it happen. But the basement wasn't finished at all, Josh. It was just um, it was just upstairs. So okay, so it was just upstairs was finished. So you guys had three bedrooms and one bathroom upstairs, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. And then four kids that you, or kids. Five, five kids that you moved in there with, right? There was yeah. Jeremy. So you had the five kids. So where were the, so you had, you had two in one and three in the other, three in the other? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> the girls lived, the girls were together. And the three boys. I think it, it must not have been very long before I, <laughs> no, we, we started finishing it pretty fast. Down well, not not really, but we 
the kind of makeshift couple rooms downstairs and Jeff, down Jeff, there. Jeff lived downstairs most of the time. But we, it was close quarters, but we were happy. <laughs> so we had uh, five children, one bathroom. It was, it was close quarters. <laughs> <laughs> For, you have, you only have one bathroom, don't you? We, yeah, we, we can relate. We have that right now. And <laughs> it's, there's always somebody in the bathroom and, Always somebody banging on the door to get somebody else out of the bathroom. So, so we're mo- we're motivated to build our house right now, which we are. Just as you guys were motivated to finish your downstairs. <laughs> did you guys? So, like with the layout of the downstairs, did you guys like sketch it out and plan it, and that's how you guys wanted it, or how did that come about? It was kind of obvious. You knew where the ba- the bathroom was going to go. Yeah. Somebody planned. And we looked at other people in the neighborhood. We looked at their bath, at their basements, and kind of got ideas that way. But not really. I think the first thing I built were was two bedrooms. Yeah, downstairs. The back bedroom and the middle bedroom, and that the middle bedroom was like, I think it might have been nine feet by seven feet. Oh yeah, it was <laughs> it was tiny. It was yeah. tiny, and Jeff put up with it. That's where he shot the BB, BB gun into the walls. <laughs> but it was it was pretty small, and um, then we I just kept building, you know. So it wasn't like okay, so it wasn't like you guys just were like, okay, we're gonna finish the bedroom or the basement, and you guys framed in everything and did everything. It was kind of you just you kind of pieced it together and just did one thing at a time. I didn't know how to build for one thing. Oh, okay. We're learning on the fly. and Right. So I had to frame it and I had to do the electrical and, and Kent Flowers helped me. He, he's pretty good at it. He told me what to do. And, and uh, then I, I know for the, the, the family room, I got it framed up and, the guy that I worked for was a taper and he came in, I was going to pay him, but he just came in and taped it for me and said, no, I'm going to do this for you. So, so it was, it was room by room that it got done. And and I went back a couple of times and would redo things so that it would be, meet our, our specifications. Right. So when you guys moved in, was was the whole street built out or were you guys one of the first houses there? What was what was the neighborhood like when you guys moved in? Our street was pretty much finished. And okay. Some of the, yeah. But our house had been lived in. It was I think our house was probably the first one to be resold. Okay. But on the other two streets, especially on on the 105 where Giffords lived and like that. There were a lot of them not quite yet finished there. Okay. And who were, because you said Kent Flowers lived there. Who were some of the families mm-hmm. that we'd remember that were there when you guys moved in? Was there anybody Hazes. else? Okay, the Hazes, yeah. And and um, do you remember... Uh, Paul and, and uh, not Paul, yeah, Paul and, and 
Oh, what was her name? Trisha Roper. Trisha. Yeah, the Ropers and were the next door when you guys moved in. And Richmond's were there. Gearing's moved in later. Um, no, Gearing's were here. Were they? Were they? Gearing's were here. Okay. Uh huh. Were the and did the Worths move in later, or were they there? Oh yeah, the Worths lived moved in later. That was one of the workers that helped build these houses lived next door to us. Okay. And Sorensen's lived behind us. And um, <laughs> what's their names? Mark and Anita lived there. The Egberts were there. Egberts and Carters were on the next street over. And they were they were in that house, but that's what, uh -huh. that actually is really amazing to me. I think that's unusual to have, and maybe it's not, but to me it just seems unusual to have so many of the same people, yeah, people still living in the same houses, you know? Yeah. Because guards lived over there. They didn't live there when we moved here, though. No. Uh, Mackie's. Mackie's were there. Yeah. But that's about all, Josh. I mean, still, though, to me, that's that's a lot of people who are still living there. So yeah, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty interesting as far as that goes. Um, yeah. so I have a story that I want dad to tell, cause he told this to me once and I thought it was a great story and it's pertaining this time frame. Dad, I want you to tell the story about the soap. I don't know what to call it. Soapbox derby or something like that. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. So I'd love it. I'd love you to tell me that story. Um, do you want to hold this? No, I'll hold it. Um, Ed Gifford was the commaster at the time, and we had we it was a great pack. We had a lot of a lot of boys in the pack. Uh, uh, Dennis Hayes was involved with it, and uh, um, anyway, anyway uh, Ed Ed wanted to promote. You know, we have Pinewood Derbies. They do Pinewood Derbies every year. And they get a lot of interest that way. Well, he thought a soapbox derby would be really a cool event. And uh, we had these these streets with hills, um, and and it was perfect for a, a soapbox derby race. And so we got the word out that everybody was going to build a Pinewood Derby, and, and we'd race it for time. I don't think we do. We race it against each other. We may have. I don't remember. But it was on. Uh, it was the house, the street south of us, and Ed got it all arranged. They blocked off the traffic and everything, and we were able to to uh, race the cars. Well, Jeff was probably ten years old at the time. He was a Cub Scout, and he and I built this. Pine, this was soapbox derby together, and I tried really hard, but I didn't. I didn't know how to to do ball bearings and wheels and and steering on on a pinewood or soapbox derby. But I did the best I could, and it, it kind of I covered it up. It had a hood to it, and uh, had a steering wheel and Jeff was able to sit in it and steer it and and, and I thought it was pretty cool. We painted it and uh, 
to make it go faster, I put bricks in the front of it so it'd be heavier, so it would, it would move down the hill. And so the day of the, the race came, and we pushed the soapbox derby up to the top of the hill. And when it was Jeff's turn, we um, he 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 jumped in. I'm not sure if we pushed it. I think we pushed it to get it going, and it started to go down the hill, and it got slower and slower and slower, and it finally stopped on the halfway down the hill. And he was looking around. <laughs> he was pretty upset about it. And and I was coaching him, trying to help, tell him to push it, <laughs> tried to get it across the finish line. Never did cross the finish line. <laughs> we we had the slowest soapbox dirt soapbox on in the contest, but <laughs> he was a good sport about it. <laughs> and uh, I learned. Not to build soapbox derby. Soapbox derby. <laughs> I love that story. There's one other thing I thought of. When Dad was on the high council and they're building churches, we did go to church at Geneva School part of the time. We had mm-hmm. church at Geneva School. So that's another thing I just I'd forgotten about. But we we did go to school church there, didn't we? No, that? No. So you guys built the whole like the members of the church built that stake center, Dad? No, it was contracted out, but there are some sub subcontracts that the church was responsible for. We were we were responsible for the excavation. We were in charge of the of the concrete pouring, the footings. We were in charge of um, of um, excavating or not excavating but uh, landscaping putting the sprinkling system in and landscaping it and and so i spent a lot of time we would have work projects and we sent it out to all the wards and they'd, they'd provide labor and i'd have to show up and show people what to do and i i there's one story i remember i you know, I was brand new at all this. And I didn't. I didn't know what I was doing. I was really trying hard, and they were digging. They were digging trenches one time for sprinklings, and uh, I was telling wards, dig this trench, dig this trench, and and then finally they were digging them, not quite to my specification. So I told them to cover this one up and this one. Finally, the members started going home because they were redoing what they'd done before. And oh, no. I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from that experience. <laughs> that was, man, you were, that was a pressure situation for yeah, you to really? be in. I mean, that, that's yeah. a, that's a hard calling when they call somebody who's not necessarily an expert at that and ask yeah, them to be a got, leader and tell everybody else what to do. Yeah. You got a hundred people. You got to, Keep them boot moving and working. I I broke it up into wards and I said, okay, this is your your section. This is what you do. And uh, Dave Lawson helped me out quite a bit. Dave Dave was a landscaper, and so we worked together, and he helped me out. But like to have the member, like when you said the members were contracted out to do stuff, I thought for sure you're just going to say like. 
painting and flooring and stuff like that. Like you guys were in charge of some really critical aspects of the build, which is what surprises I, me. I, I'm going to have to retract one thing. I don't think we we're in charge of the uh, foundation. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't think we did that, but but we did excavate. Or um, we we were in charge of the excavating. There was a contractor that was building Mountain View High School. Doing, he's the one that, that made the the football field. You know, the stadium uh-huh. over there. He had his heavy equipment there. I remember a couple times the contractor says, "Where's your man?" And, and I said, I don't know. I'll go get him. So I'd go over to the school and say, we need you over there. And he wasn't real happy, but he he helped out. He's the one that did the excavating of the stake center. And and uh, and then the, the sprinkling system was a big job, too. You know, I... I didn't. I, I didn't know anything about it, but I, we did it anyway. Or oh, and, and so you had all those members there, and they're all big trench in by just with shovels and everything. Um, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was. Wow. That was that's pretty. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's that would be unheard of today. That's <laughs> that's amazing. So I know. You know. You know, when I was like eight years old, I remember building projects and church and members would build the church by themselves. Yeah, yeah. They they would donate the labor and they'd get in and we'd do all the money. Yeah, yeah, we'd pay for the, we'd have budgets that we'd have to pay on the church. and, And they finally changed that. They finally took the, that assessment away from the members and we, didn't have to worry about the money anymore. That's amazing. Um, so I am curious about just during this time you had um, at least three of your kids that were really growing and growing up during this time. I'm I'm curious if you have any like favorite stories about Jeff, Jenny, and Julie during this during these 10 years? I probably, we probably have to look through our pictures, Josh. Just to think about some of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. uh, Jenny and Julie were in a singing group called Sugar and Spice. And Jenny was able to go, her little group went to Disneyland and sang. Jenny and Stephanie Mackey were in a singing group and they took them down to to Disneyland to sing, and that was kind of a neat thing. Did you guys? I'll have to, did you guys go with them when they went there? No, we couldn't go. They they just I can't remember how they got them down there, but they went down. She was able to go down. I think Grandma and Grandpa went to watch them. But yeah, I'm sure we they did. Able to go. But uh, I'm just trying to think. I I'll have to look at our pictures and like that. See what I can come up with. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I'll do that. I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. So, um, why don't you guys think about that? And we could do that like on the next, on okay. on like another recording, which is fine. Okay. We got plenty well, of we'll this. Go, we'll go to the 80s and I'll look back at those pictures and figure out some ages and things and see what we can come up with 
Okay, cool. And you guys are, you guys like doing this, right? Like you guys are good with, with us oh, doing yeah, these recordings? Oh, yeah, Good, I want to make we sure that this isn't a chore or anything, because I really enjoy it. I really enjoy putting them together. You did a good job. Thanks. And I tell you, like, if I, I would give so much to have conversations like this of Grandma and Grandpa Clausen, you know, like. Oh, yeah. This is, yeah. These recordings that we're that we're doing right now will be for all your grandkids and great grandkids, and yeah. it'll be so fun for them to listen to some of the stories that you this, guys have to tell. Yeah, this is really special, and once we loosen up, then then it gets fun. So <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll try to do the research and just share the stories with you. Okay, cool. Hey, hey, pass this story on to. Kyrie, will you? Sure. Uh, yesterday, after, after um, yesterday, Mom and I were sitting in our chairs, and I got a text from Jenny. Yes. And there's a picture of Shaylee and Nathan, and Shaylee shot a six-point elk. Really? I'm not kidding you. We'll oh. show We'll send the picture to you if I can figure out how to do that. But it was a full elk that she went out and shot about a month, about two months ago. She she drew on a special uh, hunt, and uh, Kurt was more excited than she was. <laughs> he's, he's been scouting out the place for two months, and she got this elk, and it's a beautiful animal. It was, it was amazing, but. I'll send the picture to you because I want Kyrie to see it. Yeah, he would really appreciate it. Oh yeah, he'll he'll love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh.